0: Most international travelers arriving at Cape Town Airport <laughs> comment on the mind-boggling economic contrast that they see on the road to their hotel and town. It's their first glimpse of what economists call the Gini coefficient, the difference between affluence and poverty. Even as a local, driving into informal settlements can be sobering.
1: Make sure your windows are closed also yeah, in case
0: of security. No? Why, what has happened here before?
1: Nothing happened, Yeah, just for, for safety, yes. yes. But there's some guys who grab phones and other belongings in the car, so that's why we just closed the window.
0: People in Guguletu live mostly in very informal shacks. The area is ranked amongst the 20 most deprived areas in the Western Cape. And Nyong'a is known to be the country's number one murder hotspot. one of the reasons we travel together with a social worker from Africa Unite.
2: Hello, my name is Belegwa uh, and we're going to Europe. It's a small township in to Cape Town.
0: Landmark is an exploration of land, culture and belonging. Motivated by people, their histories and what is considered to be sacred and most importantly, who we are as South Africans. That's a big quest, I know. But the idea of belonging, it's more than just where you are, it's who and why. And so many of those stories are often hidden under the obvious ones that we're told. I'm Ashley Dabbs. Join me in the quest and look for Landmark Podcast on Facebook to engage me with some of the questions and responses that you have to these stories. And if you can support the show, there's a QR
3: code in the show notes. Back to the road trip. One time I was in a school called uh, Nelson Mandela, and when we had to request an Uber to go back, I got rejected by like 11 Ubers. (laughs) And the reason that a lot of Ubers don't want to come here because they get assaulted. The
0: in-joke is that we're traveling to Europe in a minibus that is a mobile United Nations.
1: Uh, My name is uh, Benjamin. Um, I'm staying here in Guguletu. But originally I'm from Burundi. I have uh, 17 years here in South Africa.
3: And also, the reason I don't, fe- I, I feel very safe is because we don't walk on the streets here. The moment we get out of the bank, we go straight to the whatever building we have to go to, whether it's a school or any other building. So we're not walking on the streets. We're just always inside the building.
0: The townships are a legacy of separate development entrenched during apartheid. But there are also settlements for migrants who have fled conflict zones, economic collapse or political repression in other African countries.
4: Uh, My name is Zoe Kongolo. I'm from DRC. Um, I'm currently now the director of uh, Africa United.
0: So I've mentioned this danger not to sensationalize, but because it was a provocation for a way through the violence and all the knock-on effects of poverty. The reason, essentially, that we're all in a minibus traveling with a clown to visit some children. So, imagine you're not a tourist arriving in Cape Town. You're feeling human rights abuse in another African state.
4: Uh, We came, our time, that time, it was called Mogutvist, was a, a dictator. So, and everyone was running um, that time in, a, in, a, in the DRC, so we end up also, we we're, were the first people who ran, um, who came to South Africa in that time
0: in 1990, uh, just before the election, so we, we came here. Unfortunately, you arrive right at the height of xenophobic violence. The xenophobia culminates in a dramatic event that threatens the safety of any African foreign national who's arrived in the hope of some sanctuary here.
4: The incident happened in 2001. Um, there was a killing of uh, um, refugees and migrants in a township called Cross Road, uh, close to Nyanga. So, um, Because I was also staying um, in township,
0: so I was invited to go and see Think about that for a second. Xenophobia has erupted. You're invited as a resident to go and investigate, and Zoe goes. So it was in the street. I met some young
4: people around there uh, who confirmed that yes, we are killing migrants and refugees because they're taking our job, they're taking our uh, wife, and uh, them they're doing better than um, than ourselves. So I was a bit, bit scared so because it was in the street. So I could now ask them if there is a possibility that we could have uh, uh, informal meetings. The, the group accepted. And I asked them if they can mobilize other young people. So all of them, they agree. And we decided to meet one Saturday. And one Saturday we met there was like 49 young people, and even some
0: migrants were there, sitting in, a, in the room. Here's the strategy worth listening to. I mean, if there's nothing else that you listen to on this podcast, app, this is the moment. So,
4: and I could allow for my asking the question, why you do what you are doing? So they confirmed that, listen, we were living in poverty in these areas. Uh, we saw the migrant coming here them, they are living better than us, but they are not even interested in what's happening in our communities.
0: So that quest to be seen is the turning point. And Zoe understood no one, especially not the government of the day, no one was bothered to even begin to understand what was happening in the township. So
4: I was the one who f- was facilitating that process. So I asked them a question. Something just came in my mind. And I said, but yes, I understand Um, um, the way you feel. You feel that government does not uh, look after you. They are doing nothing for you. And migrants are doing well and things happening. So I changed just um, my mind and asked them, can I ask you a question? So all of you here, who have visited once uh, Robin Island. It was uh, silence. Um, who visited once Temple Mountain? It's quiet. So I could see now all of them
0: decided to look at each other. His response wasn't about visiting tourist sites. It was more to do with awareness of the other, the world outside of the immediate conflict, the beginnings of cultural exchange and dialogue.
4: Yes, they said, but. Because the migrants don't come to us, so we, we also don't go to them. So in the room, one person say, but we are Africa United, so I don't know why we are killing each other. Is where the name of Africa Unite came out.
0: Is that Ashley? Yes. Why, tell me, why are you here? Why did you come here? We're in Europe, and we've made friends already. Yeah, the magics. magics. For The magics. Yes. What magics? The children on the Africa Unite program today are here for something else. They're not here for me. The person who gets the biggest greeting is Roxy the Clown, a.k.a. Gudrun Selewski. Gudrun's a nurse in her day job back in the city of Bern in Switzerland. She fell in love with South Africa as a student.
5: Well, you know, first of all, I'm very attached to South Africa and Cape Town. So that was one of the reasons why here because I, uh, I have been working and living here for four years, but that's very long ago. And, um, but I've keep coming back and I wanted to give something back to the country because I, I got a lot from the country too. I started to do a, a clown uh, training for two years. And then um, I, uh, yeah when when that was finished, I thought, well, it would be nice to work with children and then um i yeah I thought well clown is is something is in the worldwide right? is something that um, people know and children know, and it's it's well known all over the world
0: Gudrun has arrived as part of an Africa unite program today, along with others from other parts of the world
3: so my name is derek derek Dawes. i come from Spain but I'm currently living in the Netherlands. I'm, I'm an intern at Africa United. I've been an intern there for two months but I'm staying a, for a total of five it's months. Yeah. And this is something you heard about in Holland? Yes and it's actually a type of partnership they have with my school. So school. I, I, my school is Holy Schools Out and I found this program through another program called uh, Young Professionals Overseas. So in this program called Young Professionals Overseas. They have a variety of uh, let's say projects you can apply to and one of them was Africa United, And that's how I, I found this, uh, this company. What was the spark for you? Why do you do it? Uh, well the, the main reason I decided to apply to Africa United and especially come to South Africa is because I wanted to see how vulnerable people in a poorer country yeah. live. Uh, as I mentioned before, there are poor people in Europe, but it's not the same as here. In Europe, we have a lot of uh, programs, and we offer a lot of help to people that need help. But here, it's it's much more difficult to, let's say, feed yourself if you don't have food or if you don't have a job. You can see it in the unemployment rate. I think it's it's what is now like close to 40%, which in Europe that would be unacceptable.
2: Uh, I'm Mercer Thomas. Um, I'm going to go to Kenyon College next year where I plan to study English and political science. Uh, I'm from right outside Washington, D.C., so the United States. Well, I'm taking a gap year, so I'm starting university next year. And I had studied South Africa really academically and like kind of a lot of the global, like the kind of justice, like restorative justice that they use. And I really wanted to kind of, see how like on paper those like ethics translated to reality. Actually, we don't we haven't done a much much work in Barcelona, but we do a, lo- a lot of work here in Europe, yeah. Why is that? Um I think it's just that we're trying to kind of do quality over quantity and like it takes a lot of effort and our resources to like establish a program
3: and we just don't have the resources to do as many as we'd like. I'm Maartje from the Netherlands, 19 years old, uh, a business studies student, and yeah, I'm here for my internship.
0: Are there many other opportunities that you could have taken?
3: Yes, a internship? lot. Yes, my school have a lot of connections here in South Africa with a lot of uh, companies, but also NGOs. Uh, but I prefer an NGO. And from the beginning, I said I want to work in an NGO because I can stay in the Netherlands if I want to uh, work in a big company because. Yeah, you know, business company, we also have it in the Netherlands. But an NGO like this, we don't have it in the Netherlands. So that's why I choose for FKI Night.
0: Gudrun has taught the children some magic sleight of hand tricks. They've been practicing for today and they'll perform for the rest of the group. How do you feel before the show?
4: (laughs) Standing here in the wings. Do you get nervous?
0: I'm
5: happy. I'm happy when it starts. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Those okay. are all the
0: We're looking at a leopard print suitcase <laughs> that is filled with all sorts of munchkins and furry things.
5: It's our communal work. Huh? We did all those sock puppets that I got from a factory. Yeah, because they were, uh, you know, they were faulty, so they couldn't use them anymore. So I made this. That they don't yes. know yet. They haven't seen that. <laughs> yes, yes. Did they get all the material for all the tricks. And, um, you know, so that they can practice and carry on.
0: The essence of clowning is, I think, the naivety in its most honest, purest sense. There's a joy associated in the playfulness of clowning, a curiosity. Clowns are often dressed in the most absurd outfits, which encourage acceptance of diversity. The clown gags are often about finding oneself in some difficulty or constraint but then finding the creative possibilities inside of that and turning it into a resource. But the magic tricks that have personalised the experience for these children have given them an opportunity to develop a skill. Ooh. Doesn't she
5: look magic? Yay. Doesn't she look magic? What is really so great to teach the magic tricks as a clown is, and I only realized that later, is that um, the clown, he does not have to be perfect and he can make mistakes and he can laugh about it. When the trick goes wrong, so what? And that was really great in this context. It did not um, create uh, pressure uh, to the children, and it was a playful way of learning, and we could laugh, we could laugh a lot. Yay! They learned a lot, and they built up uh, their self-confidence. And uh, I'm sure most of them have never performed in in front of a group. So they are really brave.
0: The idea lines up pretty well with the social objectives that Africa Unite has here for the children. Uh,
5: Firstly, the
2: main purpose of this program was to build their confidence, public speaking skills, and confidence in the sense that some of them are not doing well academically at school. So at least now they have something that they know that they are good at, that they can do, or they can perform, like the tricks. And they quite surprised me, because while, while they were practicing, they were not that uh, that good, but seeing them performing like that, I'm very proud of them. I'm very proud. The confidence is there and also the English because some of them are struggling to speak English or to understand English. But they are getting better.
0: Do you see them again?
2: Yes, I'll just see them around, but not for this program. Maybe I'll design something else for them because the current group that I have is only for girls. Girls girls between 11 and 14. So I'm planning on, on doing something for boys now. Because we do not need, because with girls we talk about things like um, HIV, uh, hygiene, uh, puberty, and all. But in most cases, we forget about the boys because the boy, boy child also needs such information mm-hmm. how not to get people pregnant. Because you're only teaching the girl on how not to get pregnant, yeah. on how to stay clean.
0: Just imagine growing up here as a child. There's, there's no play area, as we would imagine. Children are dealing with loss, grief, the stress of no food or other necessities at home, alcoholism, domestic violence, which apparently is one of the biggest areas of trauma. And there's a knock-on effect. It affects their education. And if they do get to a school, teachers have to cope with emotional and behavioral difficulties that are unimaginable children rarely left to their own devices because parents in the township have so many of their own problems to deal with that they really find it quite hard to meet their own children's psychological needs. That's a given.
2: Yes, we have a relationship with the community. I wouldn't say it's good, but there is a relationship because you need to understand that Especially with my program, a social work program. No one wants a social worker in their space, in their house. Because even though I can see that there is GBV there, there is a problem there. No one wants to admit or they don't see that there is a problem. Even with their living conditions, this is their normal.
0: The shame and whatever other response it is that prevents intervention of gender violence and the other traumas is obviously an aspect of the work that needs strategy. So when we get back to Cape Town, I spoke to someone who articulates what that strategy is.
1: Uh, my name is Wangasane Sene I stay in Kugulintu as my director, I said so, and my main contribution is a human rights facilitator where I go in around different communities trying to advocate for human rights.
0: Pelegua said to me, "It's very difficult sometimes as a social worker to um, to approach communities um, because often they don't want any uh, social worker in their in their vicinity or in their environment. How do you respond to that?"
1: We are a youth-driven organisation that normally makes it a point that uses young people as the change drivers and the behavioural drivers in terms of advocating. For human rights within their communities. So, we use young people to advocate for human rights and to stand for any human rights violation within the communities. Because in the past, young people have been used to, in the negative way, in terms of different things and in relation to xenophobic attacks and many other things. But at Africa United, we had made it a point to use young people to become the change
0: drivers. In terms of advocating for human rights, Wonky tracks the Africa Unite footprint around South Africa. For me,
1: uh, maybe I should start from the beginning to say the work of Africa Unite started here in the Western Cape in attitude where we are advocating for human rights. Then we moved to have two different
0: offices, which are Cape and and Joburg. I mean, you're, you're speaking now I'm largely about African, uh, you know, like an, a unification of African. Um, migrants and and locals and the dialogue within this country, but there's an invitation to to internationals to come out here. First of all, maybe you maybe you can answer the question why why is it interesting for you to do that to get international people from Europe, and secondly, how, how come Africa Unite has become so effective in in inviting these people here?
1: And everything attract many people from many countries is because. Of our broad concern when it comes to human rights, because our human rights are not only human rights when you find we are advocating for human rights of women or children. We always say we're advocating for human rights of children, of migrants, of refugees, of asylum seekers, of locals and non locals, and, and locals. So that already will attract many international people and local people and African people to St. Denis to, to want to come to work closer after Africa and I want to see how, how do we advance our work? We are promoting behavioral change and our outcome,
0: or our main goal is building human rights communities. The social change that happens when communities are engaged with dignity, in the simplest form, it comes down to being seen. It's like this Africa that was started, not as an organization,
4: it's just a movement where Young people were in meetings after church every Sunday. We meet at uh, at school in Crossroad, where young people were just coming from all over, meet and uh, talking. Talking is like this. The group start to grow, uh, and what was good is that even uh, there were people like uh, teachers, intellectual people start to come to join the group, and the group the group grow. Uh, uh, there were no uh, specific subjects, just meeting and talking. Where are you coming from? I'm coming come, come from Burundi, I come from Somalia, I come from DRC.
0: So it's where the group started. If we as society fail to respond to these needs, we'll face the future costs of increased juvenile crime, reduced literacy, reduced fitness to work, and that becomes an increased economic and social burden on the state and society. So we discovered that
4: now we need to start something different. It's where we become normal. Uh, we formalize to become a non-profit organization with uh, structures. That is the way that the event was linked to Africa United, starting Africa Unite.
0: We keep to ourselves most of the time. It's convenient. When you're put into a position of discomfort, something outside of your experience or culture or environment, you're challenged to look at the reasons for discomfort. Uniting is not all roses and unicorns. It calls for an objectivity and an openness. That's a necessary aspect of personal development inside of your own community, which goes a long way to finding a sense of that unite wherever you travel. Thanks to the Africa Unite team and all of the interns who are part of this podcast. Music for this app was created by a whole range of creatives. They're all listed there in the show notes. So is the support link and the QR code to buy me a coffee. Keeping the beacons burning is one way of saying it. But really, your support will go a long way to more exploring. Please subscribe to Landmark on Spotify and Facebook and share the links. These stories need to be heard. Till next time.